After another disappointing loss, unquestionably the worst of Hawthorne's 2021 campaign, the last thing you want is Damo, Kano, Lordo and all the other so-called experts weighing in on where the Hawks are at. No, you deserve a couple of diehard fans that bleed brown and gold to make sense of it all. And that's where we come in. Thanks for hitting play on another edition of the Hawk Talk podcast. My name is Nick Mason and Tiz, we're back in the saddle after some technical difficulties last week. You don't want to make it two in a row? Could be easier. <laughs> oh boy, do I want to make it two in a row. But no, we're here and we have to talk about it. Oh, I was so confident on last week's recording too. You really were. I'm lucky it didn't go. Can I drop the veil? Can I say what you said? All right, fine. I don't mean to embarrass you. It's just that this is the point. I was very nervous. This is all the stuff that was lost with the episode. I was pretty nervous because I felt after the past fortnight against the Saints and the Eagles that there were simply no guarantees with this Hawthorne side anymore. Let's just say I got the margin right at halftime. <laughs> you did. You did. You predicted a final margin of 40 points. Around that. Yeah. Yeah. And after halftime... Just a complete capitulation, which, I mean, I've got to be honest, mate, I was live tweeting the game at Hawk Talk Pod is where to find us on Twitter, and uh, I was nervous at halftime. I, I didn't at all think that that lead was secure, and shockingly, well, perhaps not so shockingly, I was proven right. The problem for me is when, when you look at the problem solved during that match, mm. North Melbourne managed to problem solve, and yeah. Hawthorne did not. Yeah, correct. So yeah. Hawthorne's set up. At the beginning of the game, mm-hmm. worked great. Mm-hmm. Looked good, ball movement fine, uh, good rotation through the midfield, actually impacting the scoreboard, that kind of stuff. Yep. And then North systematically shut down every one of the options that was working for us mm-hmm. and got themselves back into the match. And, and we were found lacking in desire. That's right. And also worth pointing out that this is um, a systematic deconstruction of our entire game plan inside of a half from an AFL senior coach who's new to the gig, and this was his first win. This is his first win, and it's the second win in, what, 20, 23 games? It's a long time. It's been a long time. Uh, well, I wouldn't say a long time for us, but we've had very few wins in the past couple of years. And by, the only bloke that went above expectations for me was Cousins. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I was critical of his kicking throughout the match, but uh, the fact is he had a pretty uh, pretty flattering um is is not too bad. Yeah, I can't Um, knock that. Wingard was great. Mm -hmm. Liam Shields responded. Yeah, he did. He did. He had 500-plus metres gained, I think. You know, so... 24 touches. (laughs) He had a bad game last week. He he did everything he could. Yeah. Um, But we had no answer for Cunnington. I mean, he had so many contested possessions. It's just ridiculous. We didn't... And then we see Daniel Howe in the twos Mm. making it look easy. Yeah. You can't tell me he does make a difference, a bigger body in that midfield. He, he might have done. Our midfield in general was lacking, and that's that's where all the criticism has come in <laughs> this particular week for Hawthorne because uh, we were just monstered in the end of the midfield. I mean, uh, it was, I heard something like North Melbourne, th- between three players, had something like 37 clearances. Three blokes. Yep, and our highest was... Who, who had a, who had the most clearances oh, I, I think us? I think the most was four. yeah. Four, yeah, four. To Ben McAvoy and Warple. Yeah, from from single hawks. So, I mean, twenty nine in total to forty nine. Yeah. So, with numbers like that, you just just not going to win. But it's the endeavour. Like there are a few players that you wouldn't even know were out there for large periods, and most of them are forwards. And um, 
if you can't get involved forward of the ball, you've got to come back and win a contest yeah. to get the ball. Well, it's funny you mention that because uh, speaking of winning contests, uh, Mitch Lewis, four contested possessions. That's more than um, Tom Mitchell, is it not? Indeed it is. That's exactly why I bring it up. Tom Mitchell, 25 of Mitchell's 28 possessions were uncontested for 258 metres gained. That is nothing. 16 other Hawks tiers had a greater number of contested possessions than Tom Mitchell. Look, if he's injured, he shouldn't be playing. Yeah. Okay? I know he's great. He's elite, Mm -hmm. right? But he is not hitting the mark at the moment. No. And if he needs a rest to get better than he is currently showing... Yep. You just have to give it to him. We took a lot of questions this episode, and we have some left over from the lost episode that we'll bring up uh, right now. Um, this one from Kim at Hawk Talk Pod. What will it take for our midfield to click? There are some handy names in there, like Mitchell, O'Meara, Shields, and Warple, but they don't gel, and it kills us every week. And following on from that, we heard from Scott at Hawk Talk Pod. So we traded some good first-round picks for O'Meara and Mitchell, yet repeatedly get smacked in clearances. Is hindsight saying anything as yet? Clearances are a huge worry Mm. and it's not something you're going to fix quickly but the underlying problem for me is you've got name one bloke that's playing above himself i mean mean, scrimshaw had a really good game fantastic second quarter gets one touch in the last quarter yeah right coached out of the game yeah okay so kaiko picks the right side gets them playing well in the first quarter but there's no endeavor to change the game plan when things are going badly. There's no leadership on field. Yeah. And I mean, that's it. That's That's been the arc for our entire season. Because when things start going wrong, when things start failing and the tide gets turned on us, we have no answer. Jeff looks like he needs a rest, even because he's, he's usually so much better. But his 17 look remarkably good in that lineup. Yeah. And you wouldn't say he had a good game. No. no. Right? He only had 162 metres game, which is very low for him. Mm-hmm. There's so many problems at the moment, but the answer for all of them is commitment to the contest. There's just not enough hunger there, Nick. There, well, well, commitment to the there's contest. Blo- there's blokes in there who've got enough premierships to walk away happily. There's blokes in there who are going to get the money anyway, <laughs> right? There's there's fellas in there who who are on contracts that end this year. Yeah. And either yeah. they've they've got another client lined up, yeah. or <laughs> You know, that's it for me. I've had enough of yes. AFL. It's pretty damning, isn't it? I would say that it's commitment to the contest where it first counts. And that is the midfield. We're Those in, numbers are pretty damning. We're in Tassie with a 32-point lead mm-hmm. and we give it up yep. to the worst team this decade or in the last 10 years. <laughs> you know I'd love to say this decade. But <laughs> look, um, no, they're, they're nothing flash, North Melbourne, but... It just goes to show that, you know, like I said, there are just no guarantees with Hawthorne anymore. They'll, they'll drop a lead to anyone, the it's way not, they're going. It's not like they had people stand up who we didn't expect. No, that's right. Aaron Hall pulled us apart when we played Gold Coast and got done by 80-something yeah, points. I thought Hall for them was excellent, actually. Yeah, and who would have expected that? He wasn't <laughs> in the side a month ago. Yeah. Um, Simpkin, he's obviously a talent, but he gets 38 touches, mm-hmm. and Cunnington gets 37. Yeah, they're, they're prime ball winners. That's are, atrocious. Are doing, are doing what they need to do. That's atrocious. You can't be letting that happen. And it says to me, Clarko's just trying to get them to coach themselves out there. Is I mean, that what you're thinking? Like, because <laughs> could it be anything a, else? A legendary coach like Clarko does not let that happen. 
Well, he's been letting it happen for what we're up to round 10. Not 38 and 37. Okay, well, maybe not. And maybe not, you know, we haven't been playing the worst team in the league all, all season. Fair enough. But this is a repeated pattern. We're up to round 10 now. I mean, I understand we have bad quarters. We always have a bad quarter. Yeah, that, that, should, that should be stamped out. Like, right? that's... Or that one trend. good quarter. <laughs> you know? <laughs> that trend has to end sometime. Right? Anyway, we're just... We're, we're in furious agreement. Yes, and, we are. <laughs> um, Kaiko encourages us to be philosophical. But we saw from Amira uh, his... His post-match. ...interview. Yep. How would you describe that? Uh, genuine. You can't fake that. He was embarrassed. He said as much, but I, I felt it and I saw it on his face. And um, he doesn't want to be losing, dropping that game. He doesn't want to be losing at all. But there's no frustration. There's no anger there. There's no... Oh, I think you need to give the guy a break. It's... I definitely think there was something to that interview, and it was humiliation. What do you What do you want him to be angry at the camera? Do you want him to be angry at the reporter? Like, what do you What are you wanting? Oh, I don't know, really. I, I'm not sure anything's gained out of these post match interviews, to be quite honest. But Ben McAvoy, yeah, he's overworked. Mm-hmm. Just he, if he's got anything left, I don't think it's leadership. We're, we're jumping. You know what I mean, he he is so overworked. Yeah. That, I mean, Timmy got a couple of hitouts. He actually had a hit out to advantage from and resulted in a centre clearance. My Godfather. <laughs> you know, it's just we're, we're jumping all over the place. I want to get back to the the questions that we we're trying to field. Uh, we do have some handy names. We do have some talent out there, but nothing's gelling at the moment. Every week. Well, well, that's right. We, I guess. There's no well, I'm jumping ahead myself now. There's no one to bring in, but uh, hindsight, according to Scott, is it saying anything? Have we made a mistake? Because it appears as though we have. Amir is our best player now. Yeah. Uh, Tom Mitchell won a Brownlow. Looks like he's injured. What is he can always tell whether he's injured with his tackles. So he had three tackles. He's got bad shoulders now. All of his possessions on the outside, only three contested. So <laughs> I think he's injured. Um, it's non It doesn't look like Tom, does no, it? No, just, just a stat sheet. So you can't say that pick 14 that we used for Tom would be any better than he is now. The one everyone always crit- criticises is Wingard. That's right, yeah. Um, which we probably overpaid for. Well, true. But, I mean, he's probably not in the firing line but this we game, got Wingard. For, we got Impey for very little. Yeah. We got Phillips for very little. Mm. We We... You know, got Scully for nothing and we got the other fella for nothing, Patton. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're big cogs. We're going to have a lot of money to spend. I know that. But just at the moment, we have to take our medicine. This is not a competitive lineup. Yeah. A few of them know they're not competitive Mm -hmm. and they're not prepared to to risk everything on the next roll of the dice. I think that question of what exactly we can do with it, apart from take our medicine, is on the minds of plenty of Hawthorne supporters. Uh, we heard from Morgan at Hawk Talk Pod, when are we going to address the midfield problem? It's the worst in the comp by far and absolutely nothing happening at Box Hill at the moment. Surely we trade someone out and use at least two picks on quality kicking mids, handballs to not win games. And this follow-up from Alana, do we need to trade one of the mids out of Warple, O'Meara and Mitchell? They don't seem to be able to play well together, and Warple only seems to play well when one of them is out. Or do we move one in the forward line to play a small forward? Um, I just want to address Morgan's first. Now, Box Hill, we'll get to that result. One by 108 points, uh, basically 
it was a gulf of class and experience, and there's a reason why they won by that much. But um, Morgan's got a point. The, our midfield stocks at Box Hill. There's nothing there. The cupboard's bare. We've got Finn McGuinness, Dan Howe, who are very similar sorts of players. They play similar sorts of roles. You task them to the same sorts of things. But beyond that, mate, Bramble's injured. Probably wouldn't be ready right now anyway. Not inside. The problem is with these guys are definitely elite. They have to play every week. Uh, you can't be having Tom Mitchell run around in reserves when you're nearly at the bottom of the ladder. Yeah. So Tom Mitchell can only play one position. Mm-hmm. So they tried to put him on the outside this week. How did that go? Got well. Well, he didn't. Look, if he's averaging 258 metres gained, mm. but this time he's on the outside. He's had 25 uncontested possessions for 258 metres gained. Yeah. Uncontested. He can do anything with that footy, but he's not... It's well, he's not going pen- backwards. He's maintaining Well, that's possession. right. It's, it's not penetrating. So they're trying to play him a little bit outside. You can see that in the stats. Um, Wingard was very good early. Eight touches in that first quarter. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. We've tried Impey. We put Scrimshaw through the middle to give a bit of, bit of pace. He had 10 in that second quarter. Looked great. Really enjoyed it. Five contested. Terrific. You know. Cousins. What do you say about Cousins? You've got to give him more time. He'll be very good. Well, well, there's I have no, no doubt. Well, he'll there's be no very choice. There's but no... he's very similar again. He is. He is. But there's no choice at this point. He's got. He's got this year. His contract runs out at the end of this year. You need to find out if it's worth retaining him. The only way to do that is to keep on playing. What? What's he had? How many consecutive games now? About the point two or three. Is, the point is, they thought they were going to get a top five midfielder. Yeah. And they had one in Tom Mitchell until he's got injured. A couple of other things gone wrong for him. Okay. Mm-hmm. O'Meara, tracking to be one of the all-time greats mm-hmm. at Gold Coast, gets injured, comes to Hawthorne, and now he's starting to hit his straps. Yeah, he's like but one of the top five midfielders in the You don't give him the captaincy because he's injured and misses two weeks here and there, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, people yelling out that he should be captain because he's so open and honest on the post-match <laughs> interview. Mm, whatever. Um, obviously, people are saying Ben McAvoy's a placeholder. I don't think he's actually... Um, demonstrative enough mm. with a lot of the players and I think he, he feels more responsible than he ought to mm-hmm. um, Segler probably comes back Nick I know I know I'm worried yeah so look there's no easy fixes but we do have probably two mm-hmm. mid-season picks well, you, you'd have to say that they put Sicily on the long-term injury list it would be madness not to from I, what I, I've I, seen they're going to be cutting a few of the fellas at Box Hill anyway well, I only bring that up because at the moment we only have that one spot yeah. through uh, Jonathan Patton. We, if anyone's wondering, we filled that other one, the Scully one, with um, Lockie Bramble. But the the way we can get to is to finally bite the bullet with James Sisley and say he's not coming back this year, which I, I'm amazed it hasn't come to that already. But um, there, there's two right there, two in the mid-season draft. Are, so, are we feeling better about the result, Mark? Well, so say on the midfield, those questions are basically alluding to the fact, do we... We look at the caliber of midfielders that we have. Do, do we put any on the trade table? I mean, th- these are very long-term fixes. We can't do anything about that right now, but it's not working. Do you look ahead to the trade period and go, look, we need to get rid of one of these guys? Well, of course, you always want to give up the bloke with the least upside, but who's going to want him? That's fair. I- I'm not... Even beyond the midfield, I'm not sure how much currency any of our players have right now, to be honest. Hawthorne have an opportunity to add a bit of speed in the midfield, but it's youth they'll be picking in the mid-season draft. And so, so they should. It's not going to impact. 
Look, all of this is irrelevant. The personnel could have been anyone on the weekend, but they're 32 points up when you give it up. I thought they had a camaraderie. That, that's the idea, yeah. Right? Yep. That's what they put across, mm-hmm. that the feeling's good, that the boys are working together. That illustrates that they're not, because they're not working together to achieve a result. Well, that's what Jeff Kennett talks about when he comes out and fronts the media and says, look, we are rebuilding. Uh, we'll be back in two years. And it's like, well, what are you going to get accomplished in that two years, Jeff? Well, he points out the camaraderie. And, geez, they need it. They, When stuff like this happens, you get the feeling that there is nothing binding them together. There is no fighting spirit between them. I mean, I, I sorely hope that Jeff is onto something and that that is going to be the focus over the next couple of years because you don't win games of footy without it. Now, talking about trialling other players in the midfield, we heard from Stephen uh, at Hook Talk Pod. I'd love to see Jarman Impey used in the middle. Do we move Tom Mitchell to that sweeper-like role that Sam once did and move Impey in the centre? I feel the need, the need for speed, as do I, Stephen. Jarman Impey is at his best when he's intercept marking, giving us back the ball. So he's also pretty good at, at, at manning up. Um, I'm not sure who you're going to use to release Jarman. Yeah, that's the problem. You're, you're robbing Peter to pay Paul there. As much as I would like the speed that Stephen's talking about, it's it, it does create a different problem. And then we've got uh, this question from Mitch at Hawk Talk Pod. Should we try Scrimshaw on the midfield? Which is uh, which is something we've seen. Did we see it against the Kangaroos? I, I can't remember seeing it. Yeah, that happened. Okay, yeah. that did happen. Yeah, no, it's very impressive. I I think he's terrific, Scrimshaw. Um, to me, it needs to be a bit... More demonstrative, but he kicked a lovely goal as well. Yes, yeah, deja vu down in Tassie. He did that against Adelaide. Uh, so you've got Liam Shields with 10 scoring involvements and Wingard with 13, and then Scrimshaw and Cousins with 7 and 8, and, and they're the ones leading the line there. Mm. Um, no, you, you uh, Look, Scrimshaw probably doesn't have the tank yet, which is illustrated by how he finished the game, but a couple of years, he's elite. <laughs> Well, at the moment, I would say that Jack Scrimshaw is a bit of an unsung hero in 2021. I mean, the moment Sicily goes down, you look to who can fill that hole, and then Day gets injured as well. And suddenly, there's a lot of expectation put on Scrimshaw and a lot of hope about well, what, what this kid can bring. And I think for the most part, he stepped up to the plate. Well, he didn't have a big preseason either. Mm, that's so true. delayed him a bit. Um, someone's asked, why should we? Why did we sign Hardigan? Yes, that was, that was uh, Mitch as well. Why would we push out Frawley and go and sign Hardigan? Well, because Hardigan is a man mountain. Yeah. And I thought he actually played quite well. Yes, that was something that uh, one of our listeners, Matt, pointed out. Uh, he seemed to be higher up the ground, though, than ordinarily. Yeah. Um, uh, Matt wrote to us saying, I certainly don't think he's had a great year, but I thought Hardigan was pretty good against the Roos. 13 one percenters, eight intercept possessions. On the other hand, I'm not convinced with Hartley's defensive capabilities. Is anyone against Greaves in for Hartley? Uh, before we get to Greaves, Hartley, uh, let's talk Hardigan. The fact is, once you get once you take Frawley out, who is 31, 32 at the moment, you need to replace him with, with someone just marginally younger. You can't just take a Frawley type out and have no one replacing him. So mm-hmm. Hawthorne have gone, okay, well, we're going to get a very similar uh, build of player who's just a bit younger. It makes logical sense for mine why we tried to get Hardigan and why we did get Hardigan. Um, I thought, I think this year he hasn't been great. He's made me nervous on many, many occasions. This particular game, I thought he was good. I thought Matt points out a a fair enough thing there. Um, Greaves in for Hartley. Uh, Speaking of builds, they feel like two very different players. Well, Hartley's taller than Hardigan. Oh, that that is quite surprising. Yeah. 
But um, yeah, Greaves probably deserves a chance. I mean, he doesn't. He, he's not flashy at all. No, he just does the job. Um, I don't know why they're sitting on their hands with Greaves. Maybe they're making sure they know what they've got with the others um, because he's just he's playing reasonably well at, at Box Hill. And again, I stress we're up to round 10 now, so you, you do wonder when you're going to see some of these guys and, you know, when is it time for Greaves? Um, he had to wait a long time last year. I don't don't see why he's having to hang in there this year, especially when it's acknowledged that we're in a rebuild and we should be seeing some of these players. There's nothing wrong with the way Greaves is going about it down in VFL. I think it should be time. Now, uh, our next question from Navin at Hawk Talk Pod. Should we look for a ready-made midfielder in the mid-season draft or an 18, 19-year-old? And what are your thoughts on Nathan Freeman? I know we need to rebuild, but Freeman will give us an instant impact. Nathan Freeman, of course, formerly of uh, Collingwood and St Kilda. Formerly of how many games at AFL level? Well, a total, Over how a, many years? A total of two. And uh, what, why on earth would we do that again? I'm with you. Top up. Uh, yes, I know. Don't don't fall into that trap again, I hear you. However, if I could at least play devil's advocate... What do you want to do? Avoid a wooden spoon. <laughs> I, I just want to mention that from five games this VFL season with the oh, Dolphins, yeah, yeah. Nathan Freeman's averaging 41 touches. He's probably touches. due another chance, just not with Hawthorne. Yeah. I, I, it's true. I'm not sure that would be the right fit for Hawthorne right now. We need to go for a safer bet, uh, injury history-wise. So... Do we look for an 18, 19-year-old? No, not even safer. I don't care. He's probably a safer bet than most. I want potential. Okay. I want the greatest amount of potential out of this pick, mm-hmm. even if it's not going to be a midfielder. I want you to stockpile talent, Hawthorne. If there's a talented key position player, I'll have that hand down every day of the week. Newcomb looks good, though, for Box Hill. John yeah, Newcomb. John Newcomb, yeah. Well, we'll he get to... might be an instant elevation, already knows mm. the systems. Uh, isn't the uh, rumored number one pick? He's a forward ruckman. I can't remember his name. Well, who's going to? Who's going? Well, it'll be North. Yeah, at the moment it'll be North. But I mean, they, you know, you didn't just don't know with North. They might not pick him. They might, <laughs> they might go for a different player. But look, we should do a um for for the uh, bonus episode for well, Patreon. I've actually got a few notes. I, I'm not sure I have the bloke you're talking about, but I've got okay. notes on the VFL players that are. Well, what we should do is we should do an episode um, about the mid-season draft for our Patreon listeners. Patreon.com slash HawkTalkPod. Look out for that one. Where we predict it. Well, yeah. We talk about the mid-season draft. I mean, it's super relevant to Hawthorne right now. Any other year, we might, you know. How's Archie Perkins going, Nick? How is Archie? I don't know. What about Max Holmes? I have no idea. I've not been following Essendon's fortunes, would you believe? Would you, Holmes? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Um, oh, ruck issues is yeah. the next topic. Here we go. <laughs> yes, Terrific. that's right. You forecasted earlier in the podcast, but we heard from uh, the one and only Dancing Bear at Hawk Talk Pod. There are many issues for Hawthorne, but drilling into one, Melbourne has Max Gorn, St Kilda has Ryder and Marshall, West Coast has Nick Nat, North Melbourne has Goldstein, and our worst performances have been against Rucks, who have played well on the day. Is it time for McAvoy to be passed over? He's talking about the captain of the footy club there. Yeah, but there's a reason he's talking about him. Oh, no, I, I absolutely agree. It's just, it's a, it's a heavy it's because issue. he doesn't have any help. Okay, so in the past, you tell me the last time McAvoy went one out against any of them. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And we heard from Maxud on this very, very issue. Our listener, Maxud, uh, at Hook Talk Pod, big boy, has been a warrior for us. He's been smacked around a bit and he doesn't have support. How is our ruck stock looking? Is Reeves really the answer? Uh, they're probably a little bit cautious to pull the trigger on Reeves after he's rolled his ankle, mm-hmm. but I think that needs to be shot. 
against Pitnet this week. Yeah, I mean, look, he was moving all right against North Melbourne out of Box Hill City Oval. There's no signs of any cautiousness or tentativeness on Ned Reeves. He looked good. Did he kick a goal? No, he hit the post, I think. Um, yes, I think so. But he's slow. Nice, Mark. Uh, nice free kick. <laughs> he's way too tall for the defender manning him up. I think the commentary called it that they panicked. Yeah, and they, wouldn't you? They absolutely did. I would absolutely panic in playing on Ned Reeves. But uh, the point is, Ned Reeves, he's in that lineup with uh, Keegan Brooksby and John Seckler. Yeah. Bit of a tall lineup for Box Hill. Well, it didn't trouble them. No, it didn't. They just kicked long. I would have to say, I'd love to see Ben. McAvoy just take him under his wing and, and, and show him what to do in the AFL. I think we're crying out for that. Our listener here, uh, TJ... I think, I think we need to drop either um, Mitch Lewis or... Well, it's probably Mitch. It is Tim probably O'Brien Mitch. Tim O'Brien can go back. Yeah, it's probably Mitch. Tim, um, Tim O'Brien, I hate to say this, but we win when he performs well. When Tim O'Brien performs well? Yeah. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> He but is, shouldn't that be the case? He's one of the key success factors at Hawthorne. He, he's very predictive of our success. It's true. Unfortunately, for a lot of listeners out there, I know I've been critical of him in it's the past. It's frustratingly true. It is. Uh, TJ41 reinforces the point we were mentioning before. At Hawk Talk Pod, should Ned Reeves be playing alongside Big Boy now and developing him for the future while the captain is still around? Emphatically, yes. That is a tremendously good point. That should be happening uh, as the clock ticks down on, on season 2021, we're almost halfway through and we haven't seen Ned Reeves get him in there. So the trade period and who stays, who goes. Are we going with this, are we? Well, you have to think about this stuff. Morgan starts. Given we traded heavily to push for a fifth flag, abandoning first rounders for high-end talent, we're now relying on youth that is mostly comprised of picks between 45 and 76. Mm-hmm. How aggressively do you think Hawthorne should be this trade period to get the best draft hand possible? And Wiley adds, how brave do you think we have to be in the next trade period? Well, I believe we have to be very brave. That is not to say go absolutely crazy. I think there are, to my mind, a a limited number, granted, but a number of untouchable players that are just not up for discussion. They're not going to be on the trade table. Off the top of my head, without even really thinking about it, uh, Sicily, Day, I'd keep CJ around... Uh, at this rate, O'Meara, he's our best-performing midfielder. He's one of the best midfielders in the comp right now. So beyond that, I'm not sure, but off the top of my head, those would be the guys. But I think, yeah, looking at beyond those players, I think you're going to have to be a bit a bit bold, a bit risky. Yeah, I mean, if we can get three picks inside... I mean, we're going to have three inside 30. Yes, that's so right. If we have another one that's four inside 30. Mm-hmm. That's looking pretty good. Yeah. And that's kind of what we should be aiming for. And anything better than that would be a, a huge bonus. Four picks inside 30. That sounds like the, the building blocks of a, of a rebuild for me. For, for year one, if you like, of the rebuild. Yeah. And then you've got to wait for them to get to 50 games, which usually takes three or four years. You're going to be making the podcast still, Nick? <laughs> Well, I'm in it if you are. I'm not doing it without you. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I mean, genuine trade currency, they're just your top talent and, and blokes that can play a role that other teams value. Um, Andrew asks a good question. Guys like Hanrahan, who's into his fifth year, deserved more games sooner but hasn't brought his goal-kicking ability into the AFL. Uh, does he get 
the other 30 games, or does he have until round 23 to show he can make the grade? Uh, the latter for mine. So it's nine disposals and one tackle on the weekend yep. for Hanrahan, and he didn't get a disposal in the last quarter. Mm-hmm. And, but his de- efficiency was 89, which is one of his best results. Uh, him and Moore, they're ineffectual most weeks. Yeah, they go missing for large portions. And more especially, more can deceive you. He'll pop up and kick two or three. But there are large portions of the game where he just does have, doesn't have an influence well, at all. There's no physicality to either of them. At least Bruce, Bruce and uh, Poppy, you mm-hmm. had to be aware they were around. Yeah. Poppy was a strong little bugger, wasn't he? <laughs> uh, memories of the 2013 grade final. And they're the blokes you have to compare them to. You can't compare them to Cyril or Gunston or people like oh, that. Oh, we, we've, you know, we've been playing catch-up with replacing Cyril and Puopolo, uh for years now. I mean, obviously, they're all-time great to this footy club. You, you can't expect to find players that are going to emulate them so precisely. That's that's just an impossible ask. But you do ask that if you're going to have a small forward, that they put pressure on and they have a more consistent impact than the likes of Hanrahan and Moore have been doing. Coaching and admin, we're moving on to that now. And yes. And we've got to say that the club has announced a new appointment of a bloke called Vanderloo who does all the background information on the opposition. Pretty good appointment. He'll be managing the list in some capacity as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've be- we've become aware of deficiencies in the administration, and we are looking to fix those. I like that though. The, the, yeah. What is this deficiency you're speaking of? Um, considering what the opposition are doing, <laughs> I would have thought that was standard. Well, we have found that we've been shown up with our opening gambits. Mm-hmm. That's in, true. In Certainly this year. Yep. So I'll be keen to see how we stack up or how we change our opening because although we started quite well on the weekend, that's not usually how it runs. No, that's right. That was a novelty for season 2021. We heard from Danny at Hawk Talk Pod. When is the correct time to change internal and external messaging and commit to playing the kids? I feel like... That has happened recently. I think there was last week where I think separately Reeves and Kennett both came out and sort of intimated that, oh, yeah, this is a rebuild. Yeah, it's going to be a while before we're back. We're not in contendership mode and uh, we're going to have to work hard to to elevate ourselves back to that point. And you can hear it in, in Clarkson's press conferences as well. They don't seem to be under any illusion as to what like what the club has in front of them. But then there's that contradiction of like some of the selection is it's mind-boggling for mine. It's hard to get the balance between experience and youthful, well, aggression. Well, the way Clarkson spoke about the St Kilda loss, he felt that they were burned by that imbalance. He felt that they had uh, too much youth and and they were just smashed because of it. Reed Finn. Well, yeah, he's the one who lost his spot. So They basically just hung Finn out to dry most of that game. But sink or swim. And he didn't play entirely too well for Box Hill on the weekend either. So his his confidence has taken a bit of a beating. I mean, he did what he had. Well, we'll get well, to I Box mean, Hill. I mean, he was on Will Phillips, I suppose. He, he played his negating role. He's still honing his craft in that respect. Do you but... want to do that with a young fellow, though? Don't you just want him to go and get the ball? Yeah, I do. <laughs> that's that's how I think you the game's played. want to see that he could go get the ball and do what you want with it. Yeah. So I think that, you know, they... 
at, they're at the point where the club is talking the talk, but they need to walk the walk at selection table. And I just don't think that's happened yet. I, I've said on this podcast that I was giving it till round 10 before I make a, a kind of personal appraisal of like just what this club's doing and, and how, um, to what extent I can buy into this, this rebuild and, and like what they're doing. I'm not. I'm still not satisfied, and we just had round nine, so we'll see. See who they select for round ten. Uh, probably won't be Tyler Brockman, unfortunately, because he didn't play on the weekend. Yeah, well, that was due to illness on the match. That's day. what we've heard. Yes. Yeah. So, but I mean, he's had no recent match fitness, so I'm not sure if he's going to come straight back in the seniors. Yeah, that's true. And so we wait another week to see the guy that they should absolutely be playing. Anyway. Can look forward to Segler coming back. Uh, <laughs> we heard from uh, Neil at Hawk Talk Pod. What is happening between the centre square and our forwards? What is the plan to fix it? That is the other thing that coaching and admin really have to get right. I mean, they have to nail this. Yeah, there's well, we know uh, going from the centre square to the forwards is awful. And most of the time the forwards are out of position or the kick was poor. Can I tell you about a moment that really mattered to me on the weekend against North Melbourne? when the game was very much in the balance and we're now at this point in the game chasing North Melbourne down. Mm. We've lost the lead. We have to get it back. Impey is the one who's at that point. He's making the charge and he's running through the centre of the ground or just on the wing and he kicks it forward and it's, it's seemingly vacant. There's a cluster of Hawthorne players and their opponents all not near the ball. I just didn't understand how that happened. It just didn't seem like a single one of them moved for MP. They didn't push up. MP because he ran. He, he, oh, he, he ran. ran his guts out. Oh, he ran a long way with the footy, MP. Yeah, and he took a bounce and he was away. And then he had to chase after the ball started coming well, back. Exactly yeah. right, because it ricocheted straight back. But the the forwards had ample time to try and generate something there. Give him an option. I yeah, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe when the game was in the balance. It was when you should be hungriest. I get that you're tired, but gee, you've got to give him something. And I mean, that's something I, I watched. Um, you got to honour the effort of him. Well, yeah. Yeah, you've got to honour that. But it happens every week. I saw it when I was watching the Eagles game on the uh, on the wing in front of me. Jekker and Lewis standing side by side their opponents. Just, oh yeah, now kick it on my head. Well, no. You've got the space in front of you. No defender has occupied it. You've got to use that space. You've got to lead into it. At least one of you lead into it. Uh, it's, it's boggling to me. that As a spectator, I can see it. But I don't know how seemingly no one at the club does, or at least they don't reinforce it enough to, for it to manifest on the field. It's stuff like that. You, you start fixing that, and it will become a lot better between our centre square and our forwards. You're at the end of the game, and there's an unwillingness to compete. That's a huge problem. Yeah. Uh, we heard from Peter at Hawk Talk Pod. In a short space of time, we've gone from riding the bumps with the green to it's going to be a bumpy ride for a couple of years. Without looking for a scalp, can we apportion any responsibility to Graham Wright for our current position? So we had this question last week. We did. We're bringing it back. Yeah, well, I've, I've already said I'm, I'm, I foist a fair bit of blame on the failed Scully and Patton things. Of course. Um, and uh, look, you can't blame him, though. That's what the club wanted done. If we had Scully and Patton now, mm. and they both were playing 80% of what they're capable of, yeah. we'd be a much better outfit. Just a couple of giant missed opportunities, as it were. Pun fully intended, Tiz. The price there is not huge because we get all that salary cap space back this year. Yeah. 
And this one from Jane. Genuine question. Has any other coach in the history of the game been pushed by the media to move clubs like they do with Clarko? I just don't remember this ever being a thing, and I've followed footy since the early 90s. Oh, I love Clarko. I love watching him. I love watching his uh, coaching ability, and I do not love watching him coach this Hawthorne side at the moment. No, because it's not evident what he's trying to do. Yeah, exactly. So people, like journos, they just love a good story. Um, they'd love to see him go to another club that isn't Hawthorne. Oh, they want to see him go to Collingwood. They're coming after Buckley. They're like, Collingwood, they're really struggling. Collingwood need another coach. Get rid of Buckley. Collingwood need another coach. Who do they need? They need Clarko, who's coaching 17th place to Hawthorne. Like, what? (laughs) How how do you reckon that's going to help? Well, the other thing was they were talking up Clarko at halftime about how well he'd done with the players. Oh, really? When, when were they doing this at halftime? Because I seem to recall uh, the halftime coverage mostly involved David King saying that North Melbourne shouldn't take a priority pick. <laughs> really? Really. I don't think even he believes that. <laughs> he's, well, he's come out and said it on Fox on two occasions now. I mean, it's all performance, isn't it? They clearly want that pick. Yeah, well, we might both get one at this rate. <laughs> yeah. One last listener question for this episode before we move on. Uh, This one from Justin. It's a big one concerning Clarko. Uh, When Clarko took over, he said we need to get 50 to 60 games into Bud, Ruff and Lewis ASAP. These days, it seems he doesn't trust the draft process. Mitchell, O'Meara, Wingard, Vickery, Scully, Patton, Frost. I think there's a couple more names you could add to that. Uh, It seems like he doesn't trust the kids on the list. Is he finally going to admit we need as many picks as we can get? I don't trust Clarko will play the long game because he's wanted to play the short game since 2016. Uh, no, he's been he's been forced into the long game. And the problem for Kennett is he's got to manage membership support yeah. with either Clarko departing, mm-hmm. which will probably raise more questions than it answers. But he does have an easy band-aid in going, oh, look, Sam Mitchell's the heir apparent. Yes. Um, but if we... If, if Clarko... Like, I, I trust him to make the right decisions on behalf of the club from here on. And I don't think the, the uh, like, if Vickery had worked, if Patton had worked, if Scully had worked, they'd all be great. Mm-hmm. The fact that they didn't work is why we are where we are now. Yeah, all okay? for their but own particular none of those, None of those we were unhappy with at the time. Yeah, that's true. Maybe Wingard, little on the nose at that at that time, because yeah. we saw Burton as a very good player. But you also can't tell me that Hawthorne supporters don't love Chad Wingard. They clearly do. Was he best of field? He's one of the best for us. Very uh, close. Against North Melbourne, yeah. Look, if you've got a team like we had, there's no point dismantling it and building it early, rebuilding it early. Mm-hmm. I thoroughly understand why they did what they did, and it didn't work, and that was probably... You know, that's probably what was going to happen anyway because the desire and the hunger wasn't there in a lot of those players. They'd yeah. gone to the peak three times. What are you going to do, though? It's like I said earlier this episode. I, I feel like Jeff, Justin Reeves, and Clarko all know it. They all know where we're at. But I feel like we might not know that for sure until we get to the off season. Financially, the whole league is under pressure. Yep. And they can't be seen to be just rolling over. They need people attending their games. Our attendance hasn't been very good so far. But that's because the messaging needs to be excitement and we're developing the new brigade. Yep. And again, starts at the selection table. But maybe the talent isn't there, Nick. Maybe there's nothing to show. 
You've got to find out. They're not trying hard enough to find out. I reckon they know. Well, they Most might. Most of the time, I reckon they know. There's not many players that go to another club and look terrific. We saw Harry Jones playing the back half for North Melbourne in the VFL on Sunday. Yeah. He got a few touches, but I wouldn't say we missed one. Let's get on to Box Hill since we brought them up. Uh, they destroyed North Melbourne by 108 points. Uh, we had many more AFL-listed players out there that would probably contribute to it. They had players who turned up on the day who hadn't even been practicing with the North Melbourne bunch. There you go. We were always going to win. We won by 108 points. Yes, 23-12, 150, defeated North Melbourne 6-6-42. Best on ground honours go to Daniel Howe with 35 touches, 7 clearances and 2 goals. Uh, was it 10 or 11 goals scored in that last quarter when... When Box Hill just went rampant mm-hmm. and North stopped. Great to watch, but non indicative of the talent going around. So, yeah. And Box Hill was in control pretty much all day. Um, I really liked the form of Josh Morris as well. 16 touches, kicked 5 1 with a great highlight reel. Uh, many and varied goals. Now, which I spoke about Desire earlier. Yes. He's kicked four mm-hmm. and he's still running around chasing tackles. Yep. Right? I like him. I can't understand why he's not in the AFL side. I'll tell you why he's not. He was played last year as well. He was. He was. So in that sense, a little bit surprising. I don't think, you know, I'm not expecting him to kick five goals every week. That's madness. It's not going to happen. But he doesn't show that intent enough from what I've seen. He's put his case forward this week. and If he's not rewarded. Oh, he should be. He should be. And I hope that he is. Uh, he just needs to do it more consistently, that's all. Jekka, 18 touches, could have kicked a bag, only kicked three goals, four. He missed an absolute sitter yeah. for about 10 metres out. Don't know how that happened. Relaxed into the kick, but oh well. It just, uh, goal-kicking-wise, wasn't Jekka's best day, but uh, I thought he was pretty prolific. That 18 touches, he was an important link-up player. Link-up, so, that's well, the important point. Well, He can actually hit a pass. That's right. I dare say he was doing the kind of thing that we want Tim O'Brien to be doing. When he wasn't the target, he was the one looking for a target. I love it because he's just making so many questions for those selectors. He is. He's demanding that they answer him. I mean, he's he's had two games in the seniors, had no real legitimate shot at it to make an impression. Two games and dropped. He's gone back to the VFL side and uh, he's performed. Now, this next bloke, I reckon natural, does it easy. I don't think he's fit enough yet for AFL. No. My (laughs) My goodness, he's just got... He's a footballer's footballer. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He, he's uh, they, they nickname him Mighty Mouse, the, Jack Saunders. The timing, the uh, the tricks. The goal sense. The, the goal intelligence. Sense. Yep. You know, he's got it. It's there. Very dangerous around goals is Jack Saunders. He kicked three and uh, he just looked likely. He was very impressive, I thought. He is. I mean, I can see a lot of potential in that guy. A lot of potential. Our next game is at Icon Park against Carlton, Sunday, 23rd of May, 12.05pm. I might just go to that, Tiz. Yeah, off to Icon. Yeah, why not? It's pretty easy to get to. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. Sit there with a pasta, you'll have fun. And that leads us to, obviously, if Box Hill's playing Carlton, that means the senior side's playing Carlton. Uh, the MCG, Saturday, 1.45pm. We're talking inclusions and omissions. What are you doing with this side? As, as we scramble to generate... Something, anything with this team. Bring in Hal, Morris, Jacker, Drop, uh, Lewis, Hartley. Hanrahan? Sure. <laughs> We're talking about him before. It doesn't seem like he should keep his spot. Well, I mean, why did you pick Hanrahan before Moore? 
Well, that's a good question. It could be either of them, to be honest. I mean, if he does keep changing the lineup so quickly, there's no consistency. But you can't you can't let what happened on the weekend go unremedied. Yeah, you exactly. Got to hang some people out to dry. I wouldn't recommend more than three changes, but you can't do nothing. So I wouldn't be bringing Segler back. I'd be debuting Reeves before I brought Segler back. Yeah, well, Reeves, bring him in. <laughs> Sorry, just Justin Timberlake in my head, bringing Segler back. <laughs> so they've got Pitto, right? And that's about <laughs> Nothing. it? Nothing. All right. Yeah, they've got Pitto. Uh, I think that's it. I think that's their only Ruckman. Yeah, good. Oh, <laughs> and that big tall fella, Levi Casbolt. He does a bit of Ruck work. Oh, okay. Now, we got very close... To- to having another victory on the weekend. Mm-hmm. But the VFL women's team just fell short. They were in the contest. I think they led early. Yep. Just North Melbourne did them over at the end. And I think the the rain sort of stymied any chance they had of getting back into that contest. Yeah. But they got a bit of hunger about them, the girls now. Because in two or three years... <laughs> <laughs> Could you believe that result? Uh, well, look, first and foremost, I like that we have some sort of a timeline. I know it was already expected, but the AFL Commission has endorsed further expansion of the AFLW competition. Hawthorne, Sydney, Essendon, Port Adelaide, they've been given until July 9, tis, to enter their bids for a spot in the 2022-23 competition. So there we go. We have to have to apply again. Uh, which is always fun. They can't take our previous submissions. We have to do it all over again. Um, look, I, I like I said, I'm happy that at least there's something in in stone that we are closer than ever to having an AFLW team. I'm wrapped. Uh, one guy that is not is Mate, Jeff Kennett. No, I can hear it in your voice. Release your inner Jeff for us. Because oh. <laughs> you are as ropeable as he is. Oh, it's, it's a bit. It's a bit annoying. A bit annoying. They are asking us to resubmit. Yeah. Like, oh, we've never heard of you before. Who on oh, earth are these fellas? It's not just us. It's the other three teams as oh, well. Oh, that's all right then. Um, no, I'm not saying You've it's all right. never heard of them either. No. Is that... <laughs> I'm just saying, put it in context. It's not purely Hawthorne discrimination. What are the other clubs for? We're the ones that have yeah. to re... Absolutely ridiculous. It's yeah. just a waste of money. Yeah, Jeff's response was pretty uh, pretty much predictable. He said, it's a disgrace. He told The Age, the AFL is charged to administer the code equally across all 18 of its clubs. Four clubs are being denied an opportunity in the AFL's fastest growing market. We're now being told we need to reapply. It's another example of where the AFL failed to make decisions and simply defer decision-making into the future. Bang. Well, I mean, we saw that with, uh, do we have Thursday night teams this week? Because oh, yeah. when we went to record last week, we thought, we'll grab some dinner and we'll get to about 6.20 and we'll have our teams because they, they said they were going to do Thursday night teams again. Oh, not this week. Oh, okay. Why are we putting it off? Oh, because you just are. Okay. Thanks, AFL. Well, you can't change things too quickly. <laughs> Except for when you really want to. Yeah. Like uh, having a medical sub. Yeah, exactly about right. five days out. Uh, Kenneth said his anger was directed on behalf of the club's female membership and, quote, my ladies in the VFLW team, end quote, saying the club had been treated as a second-class citizen. He added, this decision flies in the face of good governance and common sense. We are being denied an opportunity for our women to compete and build. I have expressed that view in the strongest possible terms to the AFL chairman and to Gillen. And he's added that uh, he might pursue legal action to get them to reconsider. it's, uh, It's discriminatory. What legal recourse do they have exactly? I haven't understood that since he said it. 
Well, if you allow everyone else to compete in the market, but you refuse to allow others with no good grounds mm. on not to do so, so they need to show that uh, it would, would endanger the rest of competition by growing too quickly, or they would need to show that Hawthorne and Essendon and Port Adelaide and whoever the other one is, I can't Sydney. recall, Sydney, um, would receive some compensation to come in and be competitive in the support to get the supporter base because that's what you're losing. You're not only true losing uh, the ability to play. Yeah, you're losing the ability to be supported. You're losing the ability for all that marketing to yep. the women folk. And, and that's the kind of thing that Kenneth would be considering: the, the fact that we're last to the table and there's only scraps left. Yep. Among the, the among the four teams yet to be added, so it's fair enough. I, I've just wondered. And it's not like we haven't already made big investments in this that are working. We've won a premiership. Yep. This is, they're just overlooking us for no good sound reason. Not that we can see. I would love to know their reasons, but look, it's, it's happening finally, but just a, a lot slower than we'd like. That's all. We'd love to get in for the 2022 season, but we'll see if that happens. Anyway, that's going to be it, mate. How are you feeling? We lost the episode last week, which was um, a bit disheartening. I hated that discovery. That just made my heart sink. So I'm glad that we're back. But I know this is always going to be a hard episode to record. That loss on the weekend was uh, pretty deflating. Yeah, that's a new low. You yep. can't get lower than this. So You can on the ladder. But... <laughs> well, in terms of the output by the, by the playing group, I don't think it can get much worse. With that in mind, what's, your, what's the bar that you set for Carlton? The Carlton game this Saturday at... What is it, 1.45pm at the G? First of all, I should ask you, are you going to go? No, I won't be there, as a matter of fact. Do you have other plans, or is this, is this just a choice? Yeah, it's a choice. It's always a choice, but oh. I do have other plans. <laughs> well, I wouldn't rake you over the coals for it anyway. If you decided not to, I get it. I get it. No, I'm uh, getting on a plane. Okay. And uh, Oh, is this what I think it is? Yeah, I'm getting on a plane in order to see Hawthorne the following weekend. Oh, so I'll have to take a mic up to Darwin. Oh, please do, yeah. Or And uh, record from, I don't know, Kakadu, <laughs> Catherine. See if I can have an opinion about the Carlton game. <laughs> oh, you'll at least watch it. Yeah, I think I'll have landed by then. Yep. <laughs> uh, hopefully there'll be something good for you to catch up on. Look, um, Carlton are three wins still. Yeah. They've lost their key forward now. Uh, have they really? Did I miss that? Well, he went out during the game, and I'm We're pretty sure Mackay will not be back this week. Oh, jeez, that's massive for us. I didn't realise that. Um, but I just want to see Endeavour from the boys. I want to see a couple of changes to illustrate that Clarko's uh, committed yeah. to getting more out of this group and that that wasn't enough. Yeah. That, that wasn't satisfactory. Yeah, do, do something that tells us that it's unacceptable, that, we, you know, we have standards and... We're going to abide by those standards. Don't just let it go by without, you know, with just a whimper. 145 should be a good day for footy. Um, Carlton can turn up. Carlton cannot turn up. Yeah, true. They're coming off a game against Melbourne where they looked reasonably competitive for, what, about a half, and then Melbourne did what they do in season 2021, apparently. Much more dependable than they've ever been, the Demons, and uh, they just ran over the top of them. Well, they seem to be quite fit, the Ds. Yep. Which is something we certainly are not not running out games so i don't see much joy there but it'll, you know you've got to get out there and support them and and, and they're oh, little wins yeah and i'll be, be going there. yeah i'll be going yelling at him 
I don't know how much difference it'll make at level four, but... <laughs> Do you, but can't you get your... Uh, replacement? No, your, your normal seats back this week. Oh, maybe I do, actually. Thanks for reminding me. I if I can avoid level four, I will. Now, we're doing the... Uh, listen, we have to get the trooper in a minute. But... Yeah, we do. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but are we doing Mason's Multi this week? Because I wouldn't mind, you know... Can, can there's I... a little few expenses going to Darwin. I wouldn't mind... Doing <laughs> Helping and, knock a few of them and off. And this with. is what you're going to bank on? Yeah. I had a 20-leg multi for the Hawthorne-North Melbourne game. Did you have North winning? No. Did you land the multi? It was done in the first minute. Jeez. Because <laughs> I, I banked on Hawthorne scoring a behind for the first score of the match. And I think North Melbourne scored a behind. Amazing. Yeah. So yeah. it was done almost instantly. Classic Mason's multi-form. Um, I also want to let listeners know that whether it is mentioned on this podcast or not... Mason's multi has been happening every single week. Oh, so they think you've been scooping it, do they? No, no, I'm just, in case anyone doubts me, I am actually, I'm committed You're to it. You're still losing the dollar. I'm still, yeah. <laughs> I'm still losing the dollar every week. Brisbane, Richmond. Oh, what a game. Brisbane. Carlton, Hawthorne. I can't, I just can't back Hawthorne at this stage. As much as I love him, I've got to go Carlton. If you needed a line for Hawthorne, what would that line be? Uh, 13.5. Uh, cats, Suns. Uh, cats. Crows, Melbourne. Melbourne. Dogs, Saints. Dogs. Frio, Sydney. Uh, Sydney. Would you believe that's even money at the moment? I would, actually. That's been played at Optus Stadium, isn't it? It is. Yep. GWS, okay. West Coast. Uh, ooh. Giants Stadium. Yeah, it's a tricky one. I'm going to go Giants. Collingwood, Port Adelaide. Oh, Giants. Toby Green's out. Uh, I'm going to go Giants, but I reserve the right to change that one. What was the next <laughs> one? Collingwood, Port Adelaide? Yeah. Oh, Port Adelaide. Essendon North. Essendon. Oh. Now, as a sort of preview, mm. do you think Hawthorne can beat Gold Coast after they come off a shellacking to Geelong? I mean, maybe. Maybe. Uh, they weren't it, very good on the weekend. Th- this stadium up in Darwin, Gold Coast have played there before, yeah? I'm not sure. I think from memory they have, but... I was just wondering if it was neutral ground for both teams. I'm not sure. I'm looking for any advantage I mean, Hawthorne can get. it's fairly neutral. Yeah, I, I know. I know. I'm looking for anything Hawthorne can get, to be honest. I really hope that they do have a win for you. If Cyril turned up, would that sway you? Is he pulling on a jumper? or? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, look, that's down the track. That's a fortnight away. We've got to concentrate on Carlton this week. No. Uh, before we sign off, just some social media stuff to get to. We'd really appreciate if you rated or reviewed our show on Apple Podcasts. That's how people know our shows out there. That's how they know how to find it. Uh, Twitter, at Pod. We've surpassed 2,600 followers, which is a massive milestone. We thank you very much for that. Uh, join our Facebook family as well if you're on Facebook. Facebook.com slash HawkTalkPod. We're also over on Instagram. Just search HawkTalkPodcast. And uh, Patreon is the one if you want to support this show. You can jump on board there. Uh, Patreon.com slash HawkTalkPod. Sign up at any tier, really. Uh, we'd recommend the uh, the tier with all the, the bonus content. Bonus episodes. You got the, the photo diary from Tazzy. And um, yeah, we'll, I think we'll record a mid-season draft one coming up. Because uh, that seems to be mighty important to the club at this point in time. Which was the bobblehead you got? Uh, Jager O'Meara. Do you, do you like that? Like, could, could you stand that getting a whole lot of red dust on it and probably falling off the front of the car when I forget to take it off and drive on? You know, because I was going to do a, a, like an Amelie thing. Oh. <laughs> I'm just going to photograph Jager O'Meara nodding. Sagely at different sites around Australia. The only football podcast to reference Emily. I'm sure of it. <laughs> at 
absolutely sure of it. You know the thing I like about that Jago Amira bobblehead? The knee's strapped. Oh, yeah. How about that attention to detail? I thought you were going to say he agrees. <laughs> That's all bobbleheads. That's why I have so many. Anyway. <laughs> Just casting myself as an absolute lunatic there. What what are people picturing in my house when I say I have mini bobbleheads? That is nightmarish. The only person who has more yes men is Clarko. Anyway. Oh. oh geez, the knives are out now. Oh. <laughs> We're going to leave it there. This has been the Hawk Talk Podcast. We'll be back next week to recap the Carlton game. Fingers crossed for a win. We are a happy team at Hawthorne. <laughs>